Go to Luke 19, beginning with verse 43. If you have it, say amen. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round about and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. And I want to focus in here on this last phrase. Because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation hallelujah pastor robinson and i did not confer today but as he began to share that text message that he read i turned and looked at my wife because i had uh, disclosed to her some of what was on my heart to preach here tonight and And I believe it was a confirmation for what the Lord has laid on my heart to give to this church tonight. And I want to preach to you for the next little while. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. Would you just take a moment and just plug into that right now? Just let your spirit connect to what God is doing in this service right now. Would you lift your hands, lift your voice? Hallelujah. Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church right now. Give us boldness and faith, Lord, to step into the divine timing, Lord, that you have in store for 2023. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you feel a witness about that tonight, would you clap your hands to the Lord? Come on, give him glory, give him glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. You may be seated. There are consequences to missing your moment. This vivid description in the book of Luke, this description of destruction, was a direct result of people not recognizing the importance of a moment. The Bible ends these verses saying, Because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to know what time it is. Have you ever met that person who is stuck in time? Always talking about the old days, the glory days, their their peak in life, if you will. Living in the past. And I always think to myself, I wonder how many moments you've missed because you weren't willing to move on. It's like people who live out of season. You ever known anybody like that? People who live out of season. 
It's like right when the season shifts and God is doing something new, they just caught on that God just did something. And they're trying to, they're always playing catch up, trying to redo what God had just done and has already moved on. Mm. I don't want you to be that person. And so I'm going to give you a heads up on this last night of 2022. And you need to know that 2023 is going to be a year of visitation for the church. A whole lot of people just stepped out in these aisles and stepped into these altars. But let me tell you what the old season mindset is. The old season mindset says, I'm going to step out in faith, but I'm going to go back and just wait and see what God does. But when you step into a year of visitation, you need to understand that God is going to start showing up in every single situation that you bring before you need to go back and look for God say God this is the year of visitation I was told that you were going to show up sometimes you get so used to asking that when he answers you're not ready Get out of the mode of asking and get ready for the answering because God is showing. You've been prophesying. And prophesying changes the landscape. So you need to get ready to start seeing God show up in your situation. You know, sometimes things have been a certain way in your life for so long that you don't even notice it anymore. It's like people who live in, live in a, a, you know, maybe an outdated kind of home. They don't realize it because they've lived there for 20 years. And they just get used to it. It's like the frog in boiling water. He doesn't notice that things have been changing. I want to talk to you first. I told my son today, I said, son, I'm going to do a little treaching tonight. So if you're a note taker, get out your notes. So I'm going to tell you a few things that will cause you to miss your moment. This is not an exhaustive list, but it is the things that the Lord highlighted to me to bring before you tonight. 2 Kings chapter 20. Verses 12 through 13 reads this way. And at that time, Boradak Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present unto Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah hearkened unto them and showed them all the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment, and all the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasures, there was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. 
This was very displeasing to the Lord. Hezekiah began to show his cards. You know what Hezekiah was doing? He was playing politics. He became distracted. Woo, that's number one. He became distracted in his position and in his cause. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. And distraction caused him to miss his moment. Distraction over personal promotion, position, the wrong purpose, and politics. I said, Lord, if you want me to say this next sentence, you're going to have to quicken it to me in the pulpit because I don't want to say it, and I ain't writing it down. So you're going to have to bring it to my mind when I'm in there. But you need to hear me. The church missed some moments during the pandemic because we became distracted by the wrong things. And let me tell you, in 23... The year of visitation. You cannot afford to be distracted by what is going on in the volatile environment around you. You need to stay plugged in to what God is doing because God is going to show up and you can't afford to be distracted. First Kings 12, beginning with verse 6, And King Rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived, and said, How do ye advise that I may answer this people? And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant unto this people this day, and will serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. Hear this. But he forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him, and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him and which stood before him. Rehoboam was deceived by bad counsel, and deception will cause you to miss your moment. Let me tell you something, friend. You can't afford to allow the voice of your peers to be the counsel that has jurisdiction in your life. You need godly authority. You need the man of God. You need the elder. To have a voice in your. Listen to me. I'm all for accountability. But in the apostolic church, I don't answer to a committee of my peers. 
If you're just looking for somebody to tell you what you want to hear, what you have done is opened up the door to deception and say, go ahead and tickle my ears. Tell me how good I am. Tell me how anointed I am. Tell me about all the things that God wants to do for my life. Tell me that I can do it now. Tell me I can do it my way. I've watched futures fall apart uh, when young men looked for a voice that would tell them what they wanted to hear, when they wanted to hear it. Distraction, deception will cause you to miss your moment. Hallelujah. After such a long journey out of Egypt, they were finally there at the threshold of promise. And the man of God sends 12 spies to spy out the land. And 10 came back with a bad report. And 2 came back full of faith. Let me tell you something, Star City. These walls can't hold you. The future God has for you is bigger than some of you have even imagined up to this time. And when God begins to show it to you, don't let fear cause you to miss your moment. If God has given you a promise, if God has given you a vision, if if God has revealed where he wants to take you, don't you allow ten bad reports to overshadow two voices of faith. Don't let fear cause you to miss your moment. Let me tell you something. Some of them were afraid of the enemy. But I believe some of them were just afraid of changing the mindset. Sometimes, what are you talking about, Brother Vinny? See, they had seen God do all kinds of miracles. And they had been provided for the entire time. But do you know what they saw when they went and spied out the land? You know what they saw? Not just giants. They saw work. It was going to take some work. Ah, they were going to have to put in some time. Ah, they were going to have to put in some effort. Ah, this wasn't just going to be served up on a silver platter, ah, but they were going to have to roll up their sleeves ah, and get involved ah, in possessing the promise. Ah, and you can't allow fear ah, of changing your mindset ah, to keep you ah, on the wrong side ah, of promise. Ah, it will cause you to miss ah, your moment.
Absalom. Ha <laughs> ha. What a tragic story in Scripture. Absalom, the son of David. Mm. Ha <laughs> ha. His sister was taken advantage of. She was done wrong. And Absalom, he wasn't, he wasn't okay with how dad handled it. You can't miss this one. So you know what Absalom did? He began to withdraw from the voice of the king. And he didn't speak to his father for over two years. He allowed offense. He allowed offense to rob him of his heritage. I take authority and dominion over the spirit of offense that is coming against the church of the living God. Friend, if it rubs you the wrong way, if it pierces your side, if it cuts you down, if it messes you up, there's got to be something inside of you that says, I refuse to be offended. I refuse to be offended offense will cause you to miss your moment you'll be looking at your wounds when you should be looking forward Be nursing your pain when you should be progressing. Mm. Hey, I'm trying to move on, but I, I'm telling you, I struck a vein here. Ah. Woo. Ah. What about Hannah, Pastor? She could have been offended. She came to the house of God for a miracle. Ah. And the preacher called her a drunk. And she wasn't drunk. The preacher got it wrong. Called her a drunk. But she didn't walk out the back door offended. She stayed and said, God, that's not why I'm here. I'm telling you right now, for some of you, your miracle is just past the fence. You've got to let it go and move on. Fence will cause you to stay stuck right where you are. Offense is a liar. It tries to tell you you're justified. It tries, but all the while, it's like a quagmire around your feet and it's holding you still and you can't move on. Every time you walk in the room, your spirit goes sideways and your thought goes to that situation and the enemy manipulates your imagination it begins to concoct situations that have never even happened. Why? Because of offense. 
Uh, there's going to be another moment in this service where healing is going to flow. And I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost, there are people in this room that you've had something festering in under the surface for years. And tonight the Lord spoke and he said, I am going to heal old wounds that they've been trying to hide for decades is the word that came into my spirit. Decades. There has been pain. There has been suffering. There's been offense. But I'm telling you tonight, if you don't miss your moment, God will release healing and bring deliverance to your offense. The Bible says when kings go out to war. When kings go out to war, King David was at home. One of his biggest failures happened, Pastor, when he was out of place. Misplacement will cause you to miss your moment. Misplaced. That's why we're here every time the doors are open. That's why we gather our family around the table, Pastor, and not only break real bread, but the real bread of life. Let me tell you, misplacement. Won't just cause you to miss your moment, but misplacement. It's got a secret trap, too. You know what it is? It's called temptation. Temptation is laid on the road of misplacement. You know where the devil lays his traps? He lays them in places that you should not be. Uh, if I can just get you out of place, I know I got a snare in the waiting. If I can just get you to get a little, to just lean back and say, well, it's just one time. Well, it don't really matter all that much. It was also David that said, deliver me from the snare of the fountain. Hey, David had a revelation. If I want to be delivered, then I better be in the right place at the right time. King Saul, Israel's first king. (laughs) Given a simple instruction. Wait till I get there, said Samuel. 
wait till I get there before the offering. I'm going to be there on such and such a day. You wait till I get there. Well, he ain't here. They say he's an on-time God, but the bill was due yesterday, and there ain't no check in the mail. You laughing because you relating. That's the same thing Saul was suffering with. Well, but you said... It's time for the offering. Where are you? Well, you know what? I've seen him do it enough times. I've observed it enough. No, I wasn't delegated. No, I wasn't commissioned. No, I wasn't authorized. But I'm just going to go ahead and do it myself. And it cost him the crown. Impatience will cause you to miss your moment. You got to learn what Brother Arnold preached a whole long time ago. That delay is not denial. God's timing is not your timing. What would have happened if Joseph would have become impatient? So you got to ask, well, how do I stay prepared and ready to seize the moment? Let's go to Revelations chapter 1, beginning with verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he Heard a voice. You want to know how to not miss your moment? You got to walk in the Spirit. Mm. 
not just on Sunday morning, not just on Sunday night, not just at prayer meeting, but you better never be outside of the earshot of the Holy Ghost. God ought to be able to talk to you 24 hours a day. He ought to have your attention seven days a week. You've got to walk in the Spirit because you don't know when the Lord's day is. You don't know when that visitation's happening. You've got to walk in the Spirit. you know that in my personal experience my aptitude for being led of the spirit has not come by militant habitual regimented prayer but rather through the context of continual relationship with Jesus should you have habitual prayer absolutely should you do it every day? He knows. But I'm not just checking an attendance box and praying through a list. Let me tell you what pricked my heart more than anything this year. I read that verse that when Jesus is speaking, he says, in that last day, when people come before me, they're going to say, I did mighty works in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Not you didn't know me, I didn't know you. And I begin to weep before the Lord. And I said, God, I need to open my heart. I need to open my mind. I want you to know me. I want you to, God, I want you to know what I'm thinking about. I want you to know what I'm looking toward. God, I want you to know what I'm feeling. God, I want you to know what I'm struggling with. I want you to know me. I want you to see and say, hey, there's Vinny. That's my son. I know him. I know what he's thinking about. I know what he's working towards. I know what he's dreaming about. I know him. You know, I've practiced this with my own kids because I've preached it. I've said, you can't get, the Lord gave me this one day. He said, don't ever get outside of the earshot of the Holy Ghost. And I said, I looked up that word, earshot. That means he should be able to speak in his normal tone of voice and you'll be able to hear him. Woo! So, you know, I started doing, I used to yell for my kids. I don't yell for them no more. Well, maybe sometimes. But I started practicing. Hudson, Aubrey. And I noticed that if I just start speaking in my normal tone of voice, they have started to tune in their listening better than they did before. And they've turned down the distractions because they know, hey, dad might call, but he's not shouting from the other side of the house. He's just going to say my name in a normal tone of voice. <laughs> 
Friend, that's how it is when you're walking in the spirit. God ought to be able to talk to you in his normal tone of voice. He ought to be able to just whisper your name and say, hey, I want to share something with you. Hey, I want to show you something in my word. Hey, I want to reveal something to you today. I want to move in a situation today. I want to lead you in a direction today. That's how you don't miss your moment. Uh, let's talk about Elisha. Uh, so number one for not missing your moment is be led of the Spirit. Let's talk about number two. Is this all right? Uh, let's go to uh, 2 Kings chapter 2. It came to pass, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 9, beginning verse 9. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it. Elisha saw it. He said, you've asked a hard thing. But whatever happens from this moment forward, if you don't Lose your focus. If you can keep your eye on me, you're going to get what you ask for. You don't want to miss your moment? Then don't lose your focus. No, y'all didn't. You really did not hear that. You think you heard it, but you didn't hear it. When's the last time you got a word from God? He gave you a promise. He gave you a word. But two months later or the next morning, you couldn't remember what he said. God sent somebody to you in an altar and gave you the exact word you were praying for. And the next morning, you're like, my God, what did they say? You're way more distracted than you think you are. Hey, you know what the Lord told Habakkuk? He said, when you get the vision, make it plain and write it upon tables that he that seeth it may run. Some of you need to go back and say, God, your word says in John 14 that you'll bring all things back to my remembrance. Would you cause me, Lord, to remember some things that you've said to me? God, because I lost my focus, I got distracted. God, but moving into 23, I don't want to lose my focus. You got to keep your focus in the whirlwind. You got to keep your focus in the world. What's that mean? If you're waiting for the world to get normal, it ain't going to happen. 
If you're waiting for the dust to settle, there's just another whirlwind behind this one. Things are going to continue to be volatile and chaotic. And if that causes you to lose your focus, you're going to miss your moment. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You've got to keep your eyes on the promises of God. They are yea and amen. They are not subject to the whirlwind, but they are immutable. They are everlasting. Hallelujah. Nehemiah. God gave him favor. Brought him before a king. When God moved on his heart, Nehemiah began to weep as he considered the destruction of the walls around the city. Hear me. Diligence. Diligence. will cause you to seize your moment when it arrives. He had what some would have considered to be an impossible task. But he understood the assignment. And he knew that diligence was the only pathway to completion. Listen to me. When the year of visitation shows up, you've got to transition from sporadic obedience and sporadic consecration to daily diligence. Every day, I got a brick in one hand and a sword in another. God, I'm going to play defense over here and offense over here because I understand we're building something. We're doing something. I may not see the end of it now, but I know the only thing that's going to get me there is diligence. Ah. Oh. Diligence is the opposite of laziness. Laziness will spoil your potential. It'll water down your calling. <laughs> laziness call. Laziness makes you an enemy. You're in the right camp, but you're working against the people around you. Pastor, when they were on that wall, they couldn't see each other in the beginning. This one couldn't see what that one was doing. How many times do you think the enemy came by and whispered, you're the only one working? You're the only one no, look how, look, you're so diligent and nobody appreciates you. 
Nobody even sees what you're doing. Look at the sacrifice you're making. You ought to just quit and walk away because look, look, look out on the horizon. You don't see nobody else working, do you? There came a day in that project when all of a sudden those workers began to see, what is that moving? Hey, that's so-and-so laying brick. Hey, there's that family over there. They're laying bricks over there. And the wall brought them together. Their diligence brought them to completion together. Don't let the enemy convince you that you're the only one working on the wall. You just keep laying bricks. You keep defending God's work and believe that your diligence is going to see you through to completion. First Samuel 15, 22, and Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken to the fat of rams. Number four is obedience. Obedience. Unadulterated obedience. You know what that means? That means obedience without negotiation. Obedience without compromise. Mm. You know why obedience is better than sacrifice? Sacrifice puts you in the right place occasionally. But obedience keeps you in the right place continually mm. I'm going to give you number five number five is forgiveness <laughs> forgiveness will help you not to miss your moment when it arrives David did not allow the words of a churlish Naboth, to keep him from receiving the offering of Abigail. Jesus did not allow the pressure of Gethsemane to keep him off a cross. Forgiveness. You know why forgiveness is so important? Forgiveness is the secret ingredient to unity. You can't have unity in the church without forgiveness. This is the, this is the last one, so those of you who are watching the clock. got to make a determination in yourself tonight that moving into 2023 I'm going to be a forgiver 
I'm going to forgive when my hurt is justified. I'm going to forgive when forgiveness isn't asked for. I'm going to forgive when I was hurt on purpose. And I'm going to forgive when I was hurt on accident. I'm going to forgive when they deserve forgiveness. And I'm going to forgive when they don't deserve forgiveness. Friend, you've got to forgive others and you've got to forgive yourself. You've got to forgive yourself. You know what the Lord put in my spirit to say to you? He said, tell them they've got to let go so they can level up. He said, there are things they have not forgiven themselves for and things they have not forgiven others for. And they've got to let it go so they can level up. He said, because 23 is going to be a year of visitation. And if you're too busy being offended instead of forgiving, you're going to miss what God is doing in your situation. For some of you, your first visitation is going to be a time of restoration. There are people, in the, I discern this right now, there are people in this room that you, you come, you worship, you pray, you are doing all of the right things, but you feel like you are living in a desert. And you have not been able to figure out why, and the Lord is showing you right now. Release precedes your restoration. There are some people you have got to let it go. I'm telling you, I am in the Holy Ghost right now. There are things you have got to let go. There are situations you've got to let go. There are people you have got to let go. Don't mean you don't love them. Doesn't mean you don't care for them. Doesn't mean it didn't hurt. Didn't mean the pain was real. It just means it's time to move on. And you say, God, I'm going to forgive them. They're going to stay forgiven. And I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to let it go. Let it go. I'm sure probably most of you have heard this preach before, but the example came to my mind. When they're climbing Mount Everest, every camp they get to, there's more stuff they've got to put down. And I'm telling you, there are places in the Spirit that God is trying to take some of you this year. And you can't go there with everything you got in your backpack. There are some things that you have got to let go before the strike of midnight tonight, there are some things you've got to let go in Jesus' name. Well, they don't do it like we used to do it. Though maybe they don't, but they still serve the same God. They're still headed the same direction. They're still preaching the same doctrine. Let it go. For some of you, it's just your struggle with change. 
this all right? Hmm. Yeah, we was praying in there. And I heard pastor say, we want manifestation. That's what visitation is. It's when the glory shows up and God says, all right, I'm going to do a work right now. Uh, let me tell you what just happened in my living room just a few nights ago. I told Jennifer, I said, babe, I said, we need to have some people over. Our family went through a rough season years ago. Okay? And there was pain. There was hurt. And I used to love to hang out with people. So much so, it was an annoyance to my family. I was that novice husband who would throw a party without telling his wife that he was throwing a party. Yeah, that's novice. That was green. I did that once. I'm like, babe, all these people are coming over after church. We went through some pain. You know what? I stopped inviting people over. I started shutting some people out. There ain't no pain like church pain. There ain't no hurt like church hurt. What did David say? It was not an enemy that did it. It was friendly fire. I didn't plan to talk about this tonight. But I'm telling you, God's trying to help some people move on today. I said, babe, we need to invite some people over. So we sent out some invitations. I think we had about 20 people come over with her permission. And I got together with my family before they arrived. I said, God, you've done a lot of stuff in our family in the past six and a half years. I said, let tonight be a night where you are magnified, where you are glorified, where these people are ministered to. I said, God, let your glory show up in our house tonight. Lord took me to his word, took me to some scriptures about friends. After we were done playing a few games and eating, I began to read these scriptures and just share my heart with these folks in our living room. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost <laughs> began to move. <laughs> I had an associate pastor and his wife from a neighboring church was there. Pastor Razor and his wife was there. And a new couple from our church only been going there three years, was there. And the Holy Ghost began to move. And the prophetic began to be released. And for almost three hours in our living, not because I'm a long-winded preacher, but because there was a manifestation of the Spirit, for almost three hours we began to pray for needs, God began to speak into specific situations. Hurts were released. 
families begin to move on. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We didn't miss our moment that night. And God showed up. And I'm telling you right now, in the next few moments... God is going to show up in this sanctuary. There is going to be a visitation here tonight. And I don't want you to miss your moment. If you are